please, to Colossians. Colossians chapter number 3, and uh, we'll read in verse number 1. Colossians chapter number 3. If you would, please, would you stand as we honor God's Word and we honor God. We uh, want to worship Him, and uh, I just believe that uh, we stand for many things to honor those things, and we are able to stand to honor the Word of our Lord and Savior. Colossians 3, verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Father, we ask you to bless the reading of your word. We have worshipped you this morning, and oh, how beautiful and lovely you are. I thank you for the musicians and the singers and the congregation. I thank you, Lord, that we can just tune our hearts to you. I am so thankful that you reached out to us, Lord, and saved us. There is nothing like you. And our soul is only satisfied in you. Oh, Lord, remind us of that. May we seek you. May we set our minds upon you. And may we grow to a relationship with you that we've not yet experienced, but it would be deeper and fuller and richer. God, I need you. I pray for your help and your strength. And we ask you to do something in and through us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. When you and I believed in Jesus Christ for our salvation, we were identified in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now our identity is in Christ, not in ourselves, not in our family name, not in our reputations, not in our hobbies, not in our careers. None of that is our identity. Our identity is in Jesus Christ alone. Because we've been raised to newness of life, there are certain changes that have happened in us. There are changes that was wrought in the work of Christ when we believed in Him, those changes were made in us. Now, I, can, I believe that there are many Christians who are saved, but they're not walking fully in the power of the newness of life because they have never come to the realization that they are identified with Christ. Their identity is Christ. I, my identity is not a preacher, a pastor. My identity is Christ. I am in Christ because He is in me. Something happened to us when we believed. Paul already laid out in chapters uh, 1 and at the end of 2, he laid out the implications of dying with Christ. Now he's going to show us and he's going to emphasize the implications of being resurrected with Christ. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have life more abundantly. 
Now, I'm not preaching uh, wealth and health and prosperity, all that. But I am telling you this. God does want us to enjoy life. He does want us to, to understand that we are, our identity is solely in Christ and that our life is hidden in Christ. Everything about us now is Christ. There are implications. There's a power that comes from the change that was made in us. These changes now make it possible for us to walk in the newness of life. In the first two chapters, Paul primarily deals doctrinally with the things of this. He talks about dying with Christ and etc. In these last two chapters, chapters 3 and 4, he is going to show us how to practically keep Christ preeminent in our lives. And if Jesus Christ is going to be preeminent in our lives, we first must remember our identity is in Christ. Notice what he says here in verse number 1. If then ye were raised. If then you were raised. If then. The language is very specific. It's not saying if as a conditional phrase... It's saying, since you have been raised, you are a believer. Now, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've never been saved, then you can't claim that. But he says, if then you were raised with Christ. Paul is making it clear that the genuine spiritual experience begins with an understanding of our identity in Christ. We can't separate Christ from Christianity. We can't make it about rules and laws and regulations. It's about the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's why all the different denominations argue over things that are non-essential. Things that don't matter. What matters is Christ and whether He's in you or not. And you say, well, how does He get in me? He gets in you through faith. You're believing in His death, burial, and resurrection for your eternal salvation. Now, Paul says, listen... Until we understand that our identity is not in anything on this earth, our identity is tied to Christ, we won't truly know how to walk in the newness of life. And so Paul is going to show us the remainder of this book on how to walk in the newness of life. Do you know where he begins? Notice where he begins in verse number 1. If ye then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. The first thing he tells us is to seek those things which are above. Listen, the word seek here literally means to seek in order to find. How many of you have ever, as a child, played hide and go seek? Right? Everybody played that. Unless you had some kind of weird childhood where you weren't allowed to play games or something. I don't know. Everybody played. Who had more fun, the hider or the seeker? I guess it depends on your uh, your opinion of the matter. But I don't know about you, but if I was seeking, I was going to turn every stone, I was going to look around every corner, every nook and cranny, until I found that person because I wanted to win. I hate losing. Who loves to lose? Nobody loves to lose. <laughs> Case in point, yesterday, just I had to get off Facebook because like all these guys that have never thrown a football were crit- criticizing our team and everything. And, I said, go back to your Cheetos, bro. Jesus, help me. Help me, Lord, help me. In this passage, the emphasis is not on the things, 
The things that we would interpret as things. We think of things, we think of temporal, material possessions. My house is full of things. My garage is full of things. My closet is full of things in so much as I get overwhelmed when I go in my closet. But I have a problem with letting go. I got shirts from back when I was in high school. Obviously they don't fit, but things. I'm not talking about those kind of things. The emphasis here, Paul is not telling us to seek after material things in heaven. Don't seek after gold or river of life. Don't seek after those things. Because he clarifies it by saying Christ, where Christ is, and sits at the right hand of the Father. So Paul is pointing our attention to seek after eternal things, which only comes from seeking Christ himself. If you and I are going to keep Jesus Christ preeminent, we have to go after our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the point here. I believe he's emphasizing the eternal nature of pursuing our relationship with Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Because at the end when he talks about the reward, he says the reward is you will appear with him in glory. You will be with him throughout eternity. It's Christ. Yet in Christianity, we emphasize so many things rather than Christ. And it's Christ that makes the change. It's Christ. So how do we seek after Christ? How do we seek after those heavenly things? Well, there are three primary ways. First of all, we prioritize Jesus Christ. We tried at church camp. We made a definite shift. We decided that we're not going to operate on emotionalism. Now listen, if you get a crowd of people in here and you get the right kind of singing, you get the right spirited preacher, the emotions will fly and people will make decisions. But what happens, we have experienced, is once they leave that church, those emotions die and nothing happens. As long as they're emotional, they're on fire for Jesus, but they're not as soon as the emotions stop. We made an effort at at church camp. We're going to teach them that Christ is the center of everything. Our first lesson was the wheel illustration. Jesus Christ is the hub of everything. The hub of everything. And we prioritize our lives around Jesus Christ. Now, the day we live in, church, we prioritize Christ around our lives. Some time ago, and I'm going to say it, some time ago we were all been out of shape because everything was closed down because of COVID. For the first time in our lives, God took away everything that had become an idol. And we were going to do things right when we opened back up. When we opened back up, Christ was going to be preeminent. He was going to be our priority. And as soon as they opened everything up, we went right back to those little idols. And God may be saying, you didn't learn your lesson the first time. Let's try this again. Let's take the test again. No, but we want to blame everybody else. The politicians. We want to blame the vaccines. We want to blame all this. Have we ever looked in the mirror and thought that maybe, just maybe, because Christ is not our priority and all these other things are God's, just maybe God needs to get our attention again. Jesus Christ must be the priority of our lives. Husbands, you can't be the husband that Christ wants you to be, or that you should be, unless Christ is the priority of your life. Christ should come before your spouse. Ladies, you can't be the wife that uh, Christ wants you to be unless Christ is the priority of your life. It's not 
possible for you to be righteous in and of yourself. It has to come through Christ. Our priorities. If we are going to keep Jesus Christ preeminent in our lives, if we are going to seek after Him, He must be our priority. Number two, He must be our pursuit. We pursue things in life. We pursue things in life. We go after things. We have hobbies. We have careers. And we set a course and we put our effort, we put our attention, and we put all of our uh, affection in those things. We as believers should put the same amount, even more effort and energy into pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, we do, Pastor. If we do, then why? Why in one of the surveys would a large percentage of confessing, believing Christians never open their Bible until they're at church? How do you pursue Christ without His Word? We pursue all these other things, but when it comes to Jesus Christ, how do we pursue Him without His Word? I think thirdly, we promote Jesus Christ. I remember some time ago, and I, this has happened to me about four or five times that I've been in ministry. I, got, I received a text from a pastor and said, Hey, listen, we got this group coming on this Sunday to sing in our church. You ought to close your church down and bring your church over and hear this group. To which I replied, no way. It's not happening. Now, there's nothing wrong with that group. But I'm not promoting that group. I'm promoting the Lord Jesus Christ. That group is going to go to the next venue and sing and it's not going to help you when you're alone and you're in despair and you need help. But Jesus Christ will. So I'm not going to promote those things. I'm not going to promote myself. I'm not going to promote our great youth program or our church camp. I'm going to promote Jesus Christ. These are just avenues of promotion of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one we talk about. He's the one we publish and promote. Because all, all our hope is in Jesus Christ alone. So we seek Him three primarily way, primarily three ways. Prioritize Him, pursue Him, and promote Him. Is this not what Jesus Himself said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Isn't this our responsibility as citizens of heaven? Do you know that because we are citizens of heaven, this is not our eternal home? We are, we are citizens of heaven, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, Philippians 3.20. That's why we seek after Him. It's because our citizenship is not here. Seek, seek those things which are above. Seek your relationship with Christ. Prioritize your relationship with Christ. Pursue your relationship with Christ. Promote your relationship with Christ. The second thing Paul tells us in verse number 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. In the Greek, the word means to have understanding, to be wise. 
Again, above is talking about heavenly or eternal things. We already established it's about Christ and our relationship to Him. So how do I set my mind on Him and our relationship? Well, you notice there's a contrast between things above and things on this earth. This setting our mind talks about our inward desires. Our inward desires. Are my inward desires all about earthly things? Are my inward desires about my relationship with Jesus Christ, eternal things? There's a stark contrast made here in the text. Now, if you and I are going to set our minds on those eternal things, on our relationship with Christ, a few things have to happen. First of all, we have to have spiritual intake. We have to have spiritual intake. I've told you this before. When I was in Israel and we went into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea is, I, I forget how many uh, feet below sea level. It's the lowest point there in the earth. And all of these tributaries flow into the Dead Sea and there's no outlets. So all of this putrid drains down into this bowl, if you will, and it can't go out. So all it's full of mineral deposits. I got in the Dead Sea and I walked out there to about waist high I lifted my feet and I immediately floated. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea, hence the name Dead Sea. Now, here's the thing I want to tell you. A lot of Christians are like that, and we use the illustration a lot of Christians have going in but nothing going out. But let me just tell you this. I think a lot of Christians are more like this. We've got a lot of garbage going in, and that garbage is not coming out. We're full of the, pu- the putridness, if I can say that, of the world. We're full of the garbage of the world. We have no spiritual intake. Guys, do you realize that we live in a day today that is so easy for us to have spiritual intake? I mean, if the Apostle Paul lived here, he would be blown away with the, he had to handwrite everything, and a lot of the times his eyes were sight were so bad, we believe historically he had people to uh, write on his behalf. He would tell them, he would dictate to them, and they would write because of his eyesight he would love to be able to pull up the bible app and listen to the bible being read to him we live in a day where with one touch of the button you can have devotions you can have scripture read to you you can have all kinds of of free spiritual resources to get some spiritual intake yet we don't do it why well number one we're disinterested we are disinterested We don't want to set our minds on Christ. We want to be in control. We want to live life the way we want to. And then when we get in trouble, we want God to help us. God, I'll give you Sunday morning and uh, Wednesday night, an hour a week each time, and that should be sufficient. How many of you just eat once once a week? Now, some of us start on Sunday and eat continuously until the next Sunday. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking it would be foolish for you to go out to eat today and you eat a bite and then you don't eat again until next Sunday. Or you don't eat again until Wednesday. You say, there's no way. I couldn't survive. Thank you. That's the point I want you to get to see. If you only do that with Scripture, how in the world, uh, spiritual intake, how in the world are you going to survive spiritually? Now we understand why there are so many Christians that feel depleted. There are so many Christians that are such in such disarray in their lives because they have no spiritual intake. How can you set your mind on Christ if you got your mind on the world and the garbage of the world? We've got to have spiritual intake. Number two, we must center our lives on Jesus Christ. 
This is simple. He needs to be the focus of our lives. The things I don't do, I don't do because I love Jesus. The things I do, I do because I love Jesus. What's the point? I love Jesus. It motivates everything I do or don't do. Christ is the center of my life. Everything else is going to have to fit in around that. He is the hub. He is the hub. Every wheel has a hub. He's that hub. And then lastly, I think you've got to put forth an effort. You've got to put forth an effort. How is it we can have energy to do all kinds of other things, but when it comes to the Lord, studying the Word and serving the Lord, or even giving to the Lord, we don't have energy for that. I'll tell you why. Because we've not, we're not seeking after Him. And we're not setting our minds on Him. And if we're ever going to keep Christ preeminent in our lives, we must seek after Him and we must set our minds on Him. Lightfoot, who was a biblical commentator, said this, You must not only seek heaven, you must think heaven. Have you ever heard this phrase? He's so heavenly good, or he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. I've heard that, right? I have never met someone that is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. I have met several people, and sometimes myself included, that is so earthly minded, he's no heavenly good. Why is all of this important to us? Because he gives us the answer in verses 3 and 4. Notice in verse 3, For you died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Think about this. Your life is hidden. Now, when something's hidden, it means it's not seen, correct? So the implication here is Christ being seen through your life. Do people look at you and see Jesus Christ? And then he says this in verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, this word for appear and glory has reference not to the rapture, but to the second coming of Christ. Paul's used it in other, other of his letters. Paul points to the future of Christ's second coming as the fact that we will be with him. Do you believe that when we are with him... Now look up here. If you miss everything else, catch this. Do you believe that when we're with him in glory... We're with Him, that our only desire will be to please Him, that He will be our only focus. How many believe that throughout eternity? That Christ will be our only focus. Why are we waiting till eternity? Isn't this life a preparation for eternity? I mean, once you, if heaven were the goal, He would have taken us to heaven when we got saved. <laughs> There's no other place saved people go but heaven. It's not a goal. It's a fact. We're here to be conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. Do you understand? We are the physical representation of Jesus Christ on this earth. Here's the point. Because you and I have been identified with Christ in His death, His burial, and His resurrection, we are changed. Our focus has changed. Our pursuits have changed. Our priorities have changed. And the things we promote have changed. Now, if we're not walking in the newness of life, it's 
starts with our seeking and setting. Either we're not seeking him or we're not setting our minds on him. That's the root issue. The other things are symptoms of the issue. Some may say, well, I really haven't changed all that much or I still struggle with the same old stuff. It is possible for you to be saved and not live within the reality of your true identity in Christ. I don't recommend it, but it is possible. The question then becomes, how do I live in that reality where I live in the power of the change that he has made in me? The answer is simple. Seek and set. Seek and set. Turn your heart and mind to Christ. Prioritize your relationship with him. Pursue your relationship with him and then promote him. We do this by centering our lives on Christ, having a steady spiritual intake and putting forth the effort with eternal things as opposed to earthly things. That's it. That's it. That's how we keep Jesus preeminent in our lives. Would you bow with me for prayer? So we prepare for the invitation. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. If you would be honest this morning and say, Pastor,